Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Welcome to Called and Caffeinated. What a joy that you are here listening to this episode today. It's my absolute pleasure to be with you and to bring you this amazing episode from Sarah Hart. She is my personal friend. Our kids play together like every week, if not three or four times a week. And uh, she attended the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family Life. So she comes at our topic of divorce today with um, a very theological and philosophical perspective, but she herself is also an adult child of parents who have divorced. So she also comes at this from a very personal angle, and I think you're going to love everything that she has to offer. As we know, when you are seeking to discern any decision, it is super important to heal from any wounds in your past. And uh, Sarah is no stranger to this. She actually leads healing retreats through a ministry called Life-Giving Wounds. You can find the link for that in the show notes. Uh, There's tons of free resources, tons of retreats that happen, including online retreats. So I recommend checking that out. Before we get to that today, I want to just tell you about today's episode sponsor, Hallow. Hallow is an audio-guided Catholic meditation and prayer app. So maybe you've heard of Headspace or Calm. This is like that, but it's for prayer. It is the number one Catholic app in the United States, and I know why, because I use it all the time. As a very busy person, it's so hard sometimes even to just intentionally calm my mind and carve out 5, 10, or 15 minutes with God, and I am telling you there is no way better that I know than Hallow in order to do that. So if you're a busy person like me, you definitely want to check this out. You can meditate on the daily gospel, you can pray a rosary, you can take a minute to try even just one of the minute meditations, or you can close your day with night prayer or a Bible story. I am currently really loving the saint playlist. So it's really cool because you actually get facts about the featured saint of the day, but you also pray along with them using some of their incredible writings. There's over 500 prayer sessions that you will unlock when you try your free 30-day trial of the premium version of the app. So Halo is free to download and there's plenty of permanently free content. So you really have nothing to lose. But when you tell them that I sent you, uh, they will give you a premium free 30-day trial. So just go to halo.com slash Stacy Summerow. That's hallow like hallow be thy name and slash Stacy Summerow. Be careful because my name spelling is a little bit tricky. So <laughs> it's French. You can thank my husband for that. So I'm going to post the link in the show notes in case you can't remember how to spell my name. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like we're besties or something. But then I forget, like it takes a while to learn how to spell my name. So oh, if you're a listener frequently to this podcast, you can't discern anything properly unless you build that relationship with God through serious prayer, through intentional daily prayer. And Hallow is the best way that I know of for busy people to be able to do that. Check it out. I also wanted to recommend to you my Patreon community and shop. So with all this stress going on in the world lately, I've just been feeling inspired to connect with my wonderful called and caffeinated community in new ways by creating beautiful reminders of God's love to put around your house, take with you to wear. So I've been adding lots of new items to my shop lately. And honestly, they're really, really fun to look at. So you can go to stacysummerow.com shop. And I've made handmade clay earrings. They're made start to finish by me uh, with prayers. I've made 8 by 10 prints to beautify your walls, durable 3 by 3 vinyl stickers to carry with you on your laptop, your phone, notebooks, or water bottles. And in particular, I really adore this little sticker that says, your promise is sweeter than honey. It's a quote from Psalm 119, and it features this adorable little bee. It's super cute, really different than anything else I've seen out there. So you can buy each item separately and you get free shipping on any order in the United States, or you can save 25% when you purchase a collection. So a collection is five items. It's a soft, beautiful, high quality t-shirt, a vinyl sticker, eight by 10 print, pair of handmade clay earrings, and digital access to your choice of either five hours of inspirational talks or a course taught by me. So we have two collections to choose from. 
Paul one is called the Beloved Collection, and that is designed to just surround you with reminders of God's love for you. And then the Adventure Collection. This is a perfect package for those discerning a life choice. People ask me all the time, what should I buy for people who are discerning a life decision? This is the answer that I came up with. It's beautiful. All of the colors are really cohesive, and it's just designed to be a hug from God to you. And so I just wanted to get this out to as many people as possible. So I'm offering free shipping anywhere in the United States. Plus, when you enter your email and subscribe to my site for free, you get a 10% discount on any purchase that you make. So check it out, stacysummerocom slash shop, or you can click on the link in the show notes. And just one more reminder, don't forget to consider joining our Called and Caffeinated Patreon community. I'm going to post in there a 20% off coupon code for anyone who joins the uh, the Patreon community, and you get a lot of perks starting at just $5 a month. So Patreon is a way for artists to create sustainable income by offering extra perks, offering this community, uh, starting at a monthly pledge, a small amount, so 5 or $10. So you can visit patreon.com slash called and caffeinated or click on the link in the show notes to check that out, get your 20% off coupon. And you'll also get access to my other podcast, my faith and lifestyle podcast called Coffee Sips. Check that all out. And now let's get to our episode with the wonderful Sarah Hart. Sarah, thank you so much for being with me today or tonight, really. It's nighttime. <laughs> we are recording at night because our children are asleep now. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know us personally, it's really cool. Sarah and I are actually both friends in real life and we see each other multiple times a week. Our children know each other. We're both pregnant with our third children. So that's pretty cool. So welcome, Sarah. It's so nice to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like we're at women's group or something like that. <laughs> 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 and it's funny too that we live half an hour away but we're recording on zoom because just family life makes it so crazy and so hard to find a time to get together when it's quiet we get together with our kids all the time but when it's quiet it's so hard to find time <laughs> yeah it's so so good to have you um so what calls have you received from god in your life so far and what has receiving those calls looked and felt like well, um, I'll just point to the ones that come to mind first. Um, right after college, I felt called to serve as a missionary in the Dominican Republic for a year. Um, after that, or while I was in the DR, I actually felt the call to attend the John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family in D.C. Um, and then from there, I felt called to teach. Um, and while I was teaching, I met my now husband, got called to marry him through lots of ups and downs and, um, and then called to motherhood. Um, so yeah, what does it look like or what was the, what did you say? Yeah. What did those calls look and feel like for you? Because the, a major question that people have asked me over the years the i call it the million dollar question is like how do you know how do you know that god is speaking to you and it's a fascinating question i just find that everyone answers it a little bit differently because god um it turns out is god and can speak to us all differently so he can reach us in whatever way he wants so i would just love to start with that question yeah um so for me i think the call like first of all call so it was from something outside of myself the Lord. Um, and it was, you know, a pull, uh, a deep longing, you know, how um, we hear, you know, God responds to the desires of our hearts. So it was both, um, you know, his desires for me aligning, hopefully, with my own desires. And uh, it just reminds me of the Augustine quote, um, love and do what you will. So, you know, as long as I was in, you know, participating in the sacraments, trying to discern God's will in prayer. Uh, even if I didn't know his perfect will for me, uh, I felt the fruits of the spirit in, in the, in the, whatever call it were, it was, um, particularly joy, peace, love, um, and practical things aligning, you know, in the same way, 
mm. uh, that kind of confirmed uh, the calls and uh, just spiritual direction obviously helps and just feeling um, peace. I um, Peace is kind of nuanced because, you know, with fears or, or at different times in a relationship, for example, in my dating relationship, I didn't exactly feel like at peace uh, with ups and downs and things. But in the end, there was a sort of deep-rooted peace, that like a lasting peace, it, not you know, different from like a fleeting peace or an emotion or something like that. So Yeah, yeah. Something you mentioned about confirmation was really cool. Um, and this is something I found out when I read the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. He recommends if you're not sure, if you think that this is a direction you could go, but you're not sure, you can ask God for confirmation. And God will give you that confirmation if this is where you are supposed to go. And uh, I love that. I love that because it takes so much of the guesswork out of of deciding and I feel like I have spiritual amnesia. <laughs> I heard that term on the Abiding Together podcast and I love it because it's true. It's like, I forget so many times, oh yeah, I can actually just ask God. Like <laughs> if I think that he's, his will is tending in this direction, I can just ask him and just ask him to confirm it for me. And if it is, then he will confirm it, which is right. such a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he gives us our our free will and our reason and- yes. Um, with those we can you know in our practical lives and our day-to-day -day living i think it becomes clear his will for us as well if we're living in and you know in the, with the sacraments with his grace and discerning in prayer um yeah, I think, absolutely yeah <laughs> different story for everybody yeah that is so true so you have uh your parents uh divorced and that was a part of your past a part of your history and you and I haven't talked that much about it in real life, but I'm so thrilled and happy that you are willing to come and share about not only your experience, but also a ministry that you do. Can you just talk about life-giving wounds and what that is and how you came, how that came to be? Yes. So life-giving wounds uh, is a, an actually relatively new ministry. Um, the founder is Dan and Bethany Mayola. Uh, I actually attended the John Paul II Institute a few years after them. Um, and they uh, began this ministry, uh, which was originally rooted through a conference which happened at the John Paul II Institute on divorce. And so there are very, like a lot of theological papers given and research done. And from that conference was the fruit of the ministry, which was originally called Recovering Origins. Um, and then from there, it kind of blossomed and grew into Life-Giving Wounds, if that makes sense. Yeah. So lifegivingwounds.org, um, you can find tons of resources, a blog, um, retreats, uh, books to read, um, support groups. They're doing an awesome, amazing job. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the John Paul II Institute, can you also tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. So um, it's a pontifical institute specifically for studies on marriage and family. Um, and so there's also a bioethics track. And it's uh, it has a satellite campus on CUA, Catholic University of America's uh, campus in D.C. And basically you're studying all the ins and outs of marriage and family, not really um, in a psychological way, although there is psychology courses. Um, but more in um, philosophical, meta metaphysical, theological um, understanding of, particularly with uh, John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Okay, amazing. So you went and you studied there for what, two years? Yes. Okay, it's a two-year program. Mm -hmm. So you have a master's and a doctorate, so. I, oh, I did okay. Masters. You did a master's, okay. And, yeah, in licentiate as well. I, okay. I didn't do licentiate, but they offered that. I see. Got it. So did you go there kind of to like process your parents' divorce or what, like what drew you to that? And, and once you were there, did, were there things that you were processing that you were like, oh, I had no idea how I was, how this had affected my childhood. Like what was that journey like just for you personally? Right. Yeah. I'd say when I originally chose to attend there, uh, I was just very interested in the material. Uh, I actually, when I was in the Dominican Republic, was working with 
a lot of teen girls and doing a lot of ministry um, focused on theology of the body with another missionary there. And I was actually looking into studying psychology at um, what was then the Institute for the Psychological Sciences in Arlington, Virginia. And so I was planning on applying there. And then the other missionary said, have you ever heard of the Nonvala Second Institute? And she showed me the description of their courses. And as I was reading it, I fell in love and um, I definitely felt a call. So I dropped my other application and started applying to the JP2 Institute. Um, But looking back now, I think, you know, there was a deeper um, call in in the sense of uh, the beginning of a deeper healing from the divorce um, and understanding the roots of marriage and family and, and, uh, all that is entailed in really understanding what uh, authentic uh, married and family life is like. Mm-hmm. So as we were talking about, you know, the talk before the talk, um, and we were talking about what we were going to talk about, like you do, you described divorce as a primal loss, which is quite different than what our culture says. Like they say that, you know, divorce can be good. It can be beneficial. But in, according to Catholic teaching, it is, a, it is a primal loss. So what does that mean? And how, did you, how do people experience that based on your ministry of, of giving talks and ge- leading these healing retreats? Yes. So um, you use the term good divorce. And I think that, that um, those terms were kind of thrown around when the cycle of divorce started. Um, because people didn't really consider the effects that it would have uh, in, a, in a fundamental way. And so, you know, of course, like you want the safety of the children and you want uh, harmony in a marriage and all those things are good desires. But in the end, um, divorce is not good. <laughs> divorce is not good for the children. Um, it um, is against Catholic church te- teaching and there are very many myths um, that children are resilient and, you know, lots of good can come for the divorce and everyone should be okay and you should just be able to move on and um, there's more peace, etc. But there is an, um, a deep, uh, so let me just explain, I guess, a little further. So when a man and a woman come together in marriage and uh, there's a union there, So the child is the literal incarnation of the union between the parents. And that's just a reality, right? They're the physical, literal incarnation of a union, um, which we hope would be conceived in love. But either way, it is of the union. And so when there is a split, the child can't help but feel an interior split at the core of who they are. Um, and, um, there's, there's a loss there, a deep loss of the parents love together. And, um, and so that's why we call it a primal loss is because it has to do with our origin. It has to do with our identity. You know, there's many children of divorce question their identity. Who am I? You know, if, if I'm supposed to be this union you know, this uh, incarnation of my parents' union, but yet that union has has broken. How does that affect me and my identity? Would so, you say that that is something that children feel, even if they have not gone to church, even if they have not, is it is it sort of uh, on par with, say, natural law, where we teach, uh, the church teaches that natural law is in our hearts, and so we don't need to be, it doesn't even need to be spoken aloud for it to be present, for us to know, for example, that murder is wrong, we just know that by virtue of being a person and having uh, being a, made in the image of God, our creator. So would you describe that at the same level, this primal loss? Yes. Yeah. I would say that um, even if a child is not, doesn't have any formation or understanding of Catholic church teaching or is in the church, uh, if there is a divorce or a separation that has occurred between your parents, you feel it at your core. If you're really honest with yourself. And you really can sit with it and reflect on it. You know, I'm sure many people have pushed the wound down, deep down, um, to 
be able to cope in a way. Um, but if you're really going to, to get at the deepest level of healing, it has to be the spiritual healing. How did that affect you personally? What was that like for you as you were growing up, just dealing with that struggle? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll speak in general terms, but um, it was, it wasn't easy. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's still can, it's, it's a continual healing process. And so I think that's why the, the ministry and the retreat uh, particularly were very healing for me and continue to be as I am a part of the ministry um, and just really sitting with, you know, memories, sitting with trauma, sitting with, um, with the pain and the suffering, but then taking it and uniting it with Christ and seeing where, where was Christ in those memories? How was he working in your life? Um, and seeing suffering as something that can be redemptive and seeing our wounds as something that can be resources for love. And um, so it's been a long, a long journey and a process, but, you know, uh, I actually just wrote a blog post on, surviving the holidays as an adult child of divorce and so these ones can rear their heads you know at every family visit any phone call holidays so it's a continual it's a continual thing yeah yeah that is so interesting i think there's maybe a an idea that as you grow up you grow out of it but it sounds like you're saying you don't really and I mean, that's what your ministry is in general, right? Like you usually do retreats for adult children of divorce. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed about how divorce affects, or sorry, how the parents' divorce affects the children as adults in terms of relationships, uh, dating, you know, intimacy, boundaries, those sorts of things? Mm -hmm. um, well, for sure. I mean, in my own personal experience, and I'm sure in many others, uh, with dating and married life, there's certain fears that, in particular to adult children of divorce, um, asking questions like, is love, you know, can it be unconditional? Can it be indissoluble? Can it be lasting? Uh, and there, there can be a cynicism about love <clears throat> in general um, or, you know, deep anxieties about, uh, you know, whether love can last forever. And so um, I think discovering or rediscovering um, the source of all love, you know, the Christ and, and the Lord has, has um, you know, we are children of a perfect marriage, the, the marriage of between Christ and the church. And so in that way, discovering our deeper origin and, um, and recovering it in a way has been really helpful for me. Wow. Can you explain that a little further? Cause what you said there was so profound. I don't want to gloss over it just about how to discovering who you are in an even deeper way. It sounds like even deeper than the primal loss. Is that what you were meaning? Um, so yeah. So he, I mean, so human love, right? Um, we know that it can have its failings, um, but it, it's an imitation of the divine love, this communion of love who is the Trinity. Mm. And so in the Trinity, you know, the Father gives everything to the Son, the Son gives everything back to the Father, and that bears fruit, which is the Holy Spirit. And so, um, Gary Metzvez uh, says that um, human love, authentic human love, is caught up in divine love. And so, as a married person now, um, realizing and understanding that my human love is and can be, um, through God's grace, caught up in like literal divine love, mm -hmm. it takes the pressure, you know, off because you don't have to do it alone. You don't have that. You're, you're, the source of your love, you know, is from an infinite source. The source of your love is from a love that is unconditional and, and, and lasting. And so uh, it is possible then, you know, to, mm. to have a love that can love and last forever. That's amazing. It reminds me, even though, uh, you know, my story is so different, but I, I do feel a commonality of just 
always rediscovering that deep, deep well of love. I feel like that's what I'm always coming back to in prayer is always this rediscovery. And even though my parents haven't divorced or no one close to me really has, uh, has divorced, it's there. I went through terrible self-image issues when I was, uh, in high school and college. And so I think what you're describing as discovering who you are on the deepest level is uh, r- rings very true to me. In fact, I even just had a prayer experience a couple of weeks ago where it seems to me like I'm a visual learner. So God often kind of uses these visual images when I pray and he'll just kind of show them to me, like put them in my imagination. Yes, but it, in a way I can tell it's from him because I've learned to recognize when it comes from me or when it comes from him. So this one came from him and it was this most beautiful sunset evening sky in this particular location on Long Island where I used to live. And I used to go walking on the beach there quite a, quite often. And the sunset was absolutely glorious. And it was a sense of this love being so great that I would never reach the end of it. And that I got to stand and look at it. And not only that, but that I got to participate in it. And um, at the time I was struggling with something and I was feeling really low and just really sad and really small. And God just said, you know, do you not realize that I made you like me? Do you not realize that the infinity of me has been given to you in a, you are participating in this. This is not, I'm not just outside of you. You're not small. I am with you. And such a beautiful moment. So this is clearly like, I haven't been on one of your retreats, Sarah, but I feel like (laughs) the human experience is, is so beautiful finding these different commonalities among these different stories and how God can heal us. Um, So that's, it's just a little testimony of mine recently, but um, you're welcome. Yeah. Do you notice people having those kinds of moments on the retreats? And I mean, I'm sure that they must like what, what happens on the retreats? Yeah. I honestly, if anyone is listening to this podcast, um, the retreat is literally life changing. I mean, it is because it's different than any other retreat that I've been on um, in the sense that it's so intimate, you know, you're, you're dealing with a subject matter and you're surrounded by people and a community that shares a common wound and you get to a very deep level of healing because of that. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I really just can't say enough. They're offering online retreat now um, as well as in person. Um, So as far as the retreat goes, um, there's usually um, a series of talks that uh, are modeled after um, uh, the suffering or the death um, of Christ. And so in a sense, like grieving your wounds, processing your memories, um, stringing together a timeline of your story or your history, um, not to brood over those memories, but to find where Christ was present in them, to find um, how he was suffering with you in those moments. And then there's a rising, um, like a rising with Christ in the sense of your, um, your challenge to forgive, your challenge to not necessarily you know, for, we say forgive and forget, but there's there's certain um, myths about that. It's, it's an ongoing forgiveness. You know, even if the parent does not uh, say, I'm sorry, for example, uh, it's an ongoing um, forgiveness where you are able to offer it through Christ and his mercy, um, which I can talk a little bit more about. I would love that, actually, because I think for me, forgiveness has been so difficult to discover how to do. And it's actually technically simple um, in the sense that it's an act of the will, not necessarily not a feeling usually. Um, But I would love to hear more about forgiveness and how you encourage people to do that. Sure. Um, So it might be helpful to first say what forgiveness is not. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, forgiveness is not the one-time quick fix that the culture sometimes uh you know offers us as you know i forgive you i'm sorry okay 
that's done and over with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it doesn't mean um, uh, that you're going to completely get even with the person. Um, forgiveness is ongoing. It's ongoing. And like I said, there can be a unira- unilateral forgiveness where you forgive the person, even if you don't hear the words, I'm sorry. And so why? Because Christ first forgives us. You know, it's an unmerited forgiveness of yourself first. Um, you know, and, and so it's really helpful to receive the sacrament of confession yourself before you um, are truly able to forgive in, in a deep way because you realize that you are forgiven first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps you to receive the graces to begin to see others with the gaze of the Father. So asking the Lord to give you his eyes and his ears toward those who have offended you and asking him to work through your freedom to be given the grace to forgive. So as you mentioned, it is um, an act of the will and it's an interior act first. Um, So God is working through your freedom you know, giving you the grace to offer forgiveness to others because you have been forgiven. You know, forgive others as we have, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Um, so, um, and what can be helpful in this, at least for me, um, is writing out, you know, memories, um, seeing where Christ was present in them, writing out your story, and perhaps even writing a letter, which you never have to send you know, to your parents and offering that forgiveness um, with specificity. So um, instead of just saying, you know, I'm, uh, I, I forgive you for the divorce, you know, you can in that letter or, you know, if you're given the grace to in a moment of healing in person, you know, that would be wonderful. But if that doesn't happen, that's okay. But instead of saying, you know, I forgive you for the divorce, you can say, I forgive you for, you know, splitting with, with mom or dad, um, because now at every holiday, I am, um, I have a conflict, you know, of where to spend the holidays, or um, I forgive you for leaving me uh, at home a lot in childhood, because you had to work extra in order to afford, you know. Or I forgive you for, you know, like the specific details really hits at like the severity of the wound and honors the severity of the wound, Um, you know, offering their their name at mass, um, uh, forgiving over and over again, you know, through through the graces you receive from the Lord in order to forgive. But like I said, it's an interior act first, and it doesn't have to be the full, you know, you're speaking to the person in person, you say, I'm sorry, or you say, I forgive you. They say, I'm sorry. Like, it doesn't have to be that full, mm. although that's the ideal, right? Um, to forgive them interiorly through mm. God's grace with that interior act of the will. And I like what you said about honoring the severity of the wound so that it's not that you're denying that you were hurt. It's that you are acknowledging, rather, that that really hurt and that that should not have been done to you and that there was wrong done to you, but that you're forgiving them of the debt of repayment. Is mm-hmm. that, would that be accurate to say? Yes, yeah. Um, in fact, um, yeah, you're, you're forgiving them um, of repayment of a debt that may never be forthcoming. You know? You're yes. forgiving them. And, and in the end, as we know, um, there's a quote by Lewis Smead's, um, um, in forgiveness, you're setting a prisoner free, and the prisoner you set free is yourself. Mm, yes. I did a healing retreat online, and it was funny because I signed up for it. It was like a free online thing, and I was like, oh, I was going to be speaking for a different retreat. So I signed up for this one just to see what the format of it was like. And then I listened to a talk, and I was like, oh, I need to be here. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to pop into a talk, you know, and it was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is where I need to be. (laughs) And honestly, I can't even remember the speaker's name because this was about two and a half years ago, but she mentioned that forgiveness is actually, it's not even about the other person. It's actually about you 
and I noticed this in my own heart because I had been holding on to a, I have to get this from you in order for myself to be okay. Mm -hmm. And she said, when you release them from the debt, you are actually doing yourself a greater service because you are letting, you're releasing them from it. And therefore your happiness no longer depends on them coming to you and saying these words that you want them to say Mm -hmm. that you think you need to hear in order to be okay. You're actually taking the ownership of your own life in the sense that you're you're not igno- you're not pretending like that hurt never happened but you're saying I see this I acknowledge this and I also acknowledge that I have the agency as an adult in my own life that I have the responsibility to myself and everyone else around me to release you from this debt that your you are coming to me and saying these words does not make my happiness exist or disappear Right. And that's extremely powerful. Right. Yeah, and an awesome example of that is St. John Paul II, right? He forgave his um, mm-hmm. assassin, you know, without ever hearing those words. Yeah. yeah. And for those of us who are like, well, he did that immediately. Like, he didn't he do that like a week after or something? Yeah. Or like, as soon as it happened, it was like really quick, right? Yeah, I don't know how soon it was, but yeah, I do remember it was relatively soon after. Yeah, I think I think it was. And sometimes when I hear that story, I'm like, oh well, of course he could do it. You know, <laughs> he didn't have any hang time of just like holding on to it. But that was probably because you know he had gotten wise enough to the point where he recognized his own like his own weakness, or he was wise enough to recognize that he uh, this would destroy him if he held on to it, uh, which it does for so many of us if we hold on to it, and and it really eats us up inside. So. Uh, you know, even if you're you're listening, I mean, sorry, you're going to say, Oh, I was just gonna say, even if you've been holding on to this for a long time and you're like, I don't know how to do that. Like I've just been holding on to this and holding on to this. And I don't know what my life will be like if I actually let this go. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, still give yourself permission to just like wade into that water. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, Uh I tell people, um, pray for the, for the desire to forgive. If you're not there yet, you know, pray for Mm -hmm. just a little, you know, for God to just take that small step with you. Pray for the desire. Because it really is a desire for your own good, ultimately. Because what happens inside your heart, that person may or may not ever know. It might even be someone that you're estranged from. And so if they're not, if they've cut themselves out of your life and you don't have an opportunity to be in touch with them, they're never going to know that you forgave them necessarily Right. But but that it changes you, changes your orientation where you're not constantly looking at their back and saying, why won't you turn around and love me? Why won't you turn around and give me what I want? Instead, right. you're facing a different direction, facing. Mm-hmm. I just got an image of like facing that eternal love, like participating in that eternal right. love that we yeah, were talking about. Yes. Yeah. So beautiful. So um, how does... How do you empower people to continue that forgiveness mm-hmm. after the retreat is over? Well, um, I mean, on a practical level, the, the ministry offers support groups. Uh, and in, within the retreat, there is many small group sessions as well. I forgot to mention that earlier, which are a vital part of the retreat is sharing with others your stories and questions you may have or fears or just affirming each other in the wound. Um, and so those, those groups can continue as support after the retreat. Um, and then I, um, I guess I, I failed to mention as well earlier. So the last part of the retreat is um, ascending forth. So discovering how your particular wound as an adult child of divorce or separation can become a resource of love. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not the absence of pain because Christ finds us in the wound, right? Christ mm-hmm. still had his wounds after he was resurrected. And so um, our wounds can literally become resources for love and joy and hope for others. I, mm-hmm. And I think as adult children of divorce, we may be given a particular mission, which each person has to discern individually um, on how, you know, how your wound can, can be fruitful, can bear life. For others and so whether it's in you know even just in your own marriage and having a lasting fruitful faithful marriage that's a witness in itself and a mission in itself um or ministering to others etc 
Oh, without mentioning names, can you just tell me some of the things that people have discovered? I'm so curious because it sounds it sounds exactly like God I, <laughs> to do something like that. Like I um, I interviewed Sarah Chris Meyer, who is the author of a book called Becoming Women of the Word. And she pointed out, she's a scripture scholar. She's amazing. And she pointed out that it is exactly like our God to plant life where there was none. And this is why God chooses the disadvantaged, the crippled, the small, the, you know, whatever, the the infertile people to actually bring forth his um, his glory into the world in the in a way that's so much greater than all of the privileged uh, firstborn, uh, you know, rich, oh, who, you name it, you know, the people that people would expect to become the great and and uh, manifest God's glory. Mm-hmm. So that makes me, it just harkens back to that interview that I did with her, you know, that these wounds are resources of love. I love that term. So how do you notice people bringing that forth in their life and maybe you as well in your marriage or other areas? Yeah, I mean... I mean, first off, it's just, it doesn't have to be some grandiose, you know, uh, witness, although the, you know, there, I'm sure there are going to be born saints out of, out of, you know, who are children of divorce. Um, you know, first thing that comes to mind is just authentic married love, you know, just mm-hmm. witnessing in your own marriage with your own children. Um, for example, I see my children and with children of divorce, there can be a loss of childhood in the sense that you, some, a lot of people have to grow up really fast, mm-hmm. um, or there's never a chance to just rest or gaze with United Parents in the background um, and really have childhood play. And so I really appreciated that uh, in my own family and just delighting in my boys in the sense that they have the opportunity to just be kids and and play. Um, not that I didn't have that as a child, but um, they have it in such a, a unique way as my husband and I, you know, uh, are married, <laughs> have stayed married. And um, so, yeah, just the witness of marriage. Um, other people that I've seen in the ministry um, have gone into like, for example, um, there's a married couple psychologists. And so um, uh, they've done a lot in their, in their own life and marriage and ministry uh, and helping others in that way. Um, for example, Dan Mayola, right, the founder of Life Giving Wounds Ministry, took his wound and now it's borne so much fruit in helping others. Wow. Yeah. So good. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'm thinking back to a time when I was, you know, back when I was a child, and I, if I saw my parents, like, kiss, or I saw them show affection to one another, there was this, like, it's just a f- ephemeral joy that I really couldn't even describe. It was almost like an affirmation. It was like yeah, the opposite of like a primal an affirmation wound. of your being, really. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see my children the looks of joy on their face, or they have some very deep understanding of when they see John and me, you know, showing affection to one another. It's like they're delighted by it. And then they come and they they want in, they want to do a family hug. Yeah. And it's like they're, they understand that it's a deep part of who they are. Right. Um, yeah. And so what a beautiful thing to be even more intentional about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been over to your house many times and it is a very peaceful house. Very, um, There's reminders of God's love all around it. And it's set up in such a way that your children can play, that they really, it's their house. It's really, you know, it's your, yours and Dan's as well, but it's, it's their house. Like the, you can tell that they're very at home and at peace there. So, you know, Thank what an amazing thing to, to give yeah. them that gift, you know. Not always peaceful, but yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to my house, too. <laughs> What's that? Hopefully in the deepest of ways, it's peaceful. But uh, <laughs> And that, you know, actually, that's another point, too, because um, I've read about studies that say that children are actually the worst behaved around their parents. Yeah. And I actually think that that's statistically, I think that's like a good thing because it means that they're very relaxed around you. Yeah, Cause my children sweet. go around other people and they're like, Oh, they're angels. And I'm like, you should see them at home. But I always try to remember to be really grateful that when they're showing their tempers or whatever, it's because they are very relaxed and at peace on a deeper level, so to speak. Right. Yeah. There can be vulnerability. 
Right. Right. They can show, they can let their guard down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your little boys are just so sweet. They're so beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Little, thank you. Yeah. Do you want to do a pregnant belly reveal? <laughs> you're due. Okay. So you're due in, in December, right? Christmas. You're due. Well, okay. I should know this. I should know this. So this is kind of a fun story. Sarah actually, um, it was really cool. So uh, my husband, John, is a stenographer and Sarah, um, your the hospital like messed up your due date in a really big way. And so they were having you telling you that you were measuring three weeks small, all this crazy stuff. And uh, it was really cool. Actually, my husband, John, was able to look at the initial ultrasound and see where they had made a mistake to actually confirm what you thought, which was that your due date is three weeks later. So you're actually right on track and your little baby boy is doing just fine. Thank you, John, too. Yeah, yeah. it was so cool. I was so proud of him. I was like, oh yeah, like this, <laughs> it's so neat. You know, he's a stenographer. When is that ever gonna come in handy like outside of the hospital? But no, it thank did. you, it was a huge blessing. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, do you wanna do a pregnant belly reveal here? Do it. <laughs> So for those who are listening rather than watching, we're just showing off right now. <laughs> See, where is it at? Yeah. Oh, yeah, mama. And I don't. So I actually don't have a belly button anymore because I don't know. My belly button just decided it's not a thing. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. you t- I was going to say we look like we're pretty close, even though I'm 23. And how yeah. far along are you? Uh, 32. All right. Yes, mama. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much, Sarah. Um, I know you shared lifegivingwounds.org, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere else that you would like to direct people or is that the one-stop shop? Uh, that has a lot of resources on it, um, including book lists, um, up- upcoming retreats, support groups, etc. Um, there is, um, so sometimes dioceses decide to adopt the ministry and the, and the program. So, okay. um, one of those is the Diocese of Arlington, where we live. And so they offered um, a very, very similar retreat to the one Life Giving Wounds puts on, um, adapted a little bit. But yeah, if you are a local, there is one through the Diocese of Arlington um, every summer, I think in August. Um, there's also a blog, which I would really recommend on through the, through the um, lifegivingwounds.org. Um, ministry, as far as upcoming events, there's a holiday support group. There's two different talks on that, and you can find that on their um, on their website. They also have a Facebook page. And um, if you're looking for a place to start as far as reading, um, there's an excellent book by Elizabeth Marquardt called um, Between Two Worlds. Okay. Um, other ones are, I wrote down a list here, Prima Loss by Layla Miller, Torn Asunder by Margaret McCarthy. Um, if you're looking for um, ideas on setting boundaries with parents, um, you know, ending unhealthy patterns of behavior, mm-hmm. uh, if you find yourself in unhealthy cycles, um, a book called Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend is really helpful. Love that book. I think I, I think I recommend that on every podcast episode, pretty much. <laughs> it's so good it's changed it has changed my life that book I cannot even say there's boundaries with children boundaries with spouses Um, the whole idea of boundaries sounds a bit taboo like are we supposed to be giving are we supposed to be generous but the point is we have God wants us to have boundaries because we are finite in so many ways and it's right and just to use the term from the mass um to have those boundaries to know what am i responsible for and what am i not responsible for and it turns out we're actually not responsible for a lot of things that sometimes we think we are responsible for so huge i recommend that for anybody who's listening to this oh my goodness best 15 dollars you will ever spend reading that (laughs) book (laughs) so often struggle with boundaries so um yeah, in the end, it's it's uh, a call for your authentic freedom and loving, loving in, a, in an authentic way, still mm-hmm. honoring your parents, but um, drawing boundaries when necessary. Amazing. Excellent. I'll put all of those in the show notes. That's a great list of for people who are just starting out on a healing journey or a, an acceptance journey, or maybe they're in mid journey and they want to keep going. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Or maybe they There's love someone. Sorry. Sorry. 
I said maybe they're they love someone or they're dating someone or they're married to someone who is an adult child of divorce and helping them understand how to process their story and so forth. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it sounded, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I looked up a few statistics on, um, on life-giving wounds. This was a couple of months ago, so things might have changed, but I believe that only three dioceses in the United States have a ministry for children of uh, divorced parents, and the divorce rate is somewhere close to 50% in our country. So, That is a huge gap that needs to be filled. So I'm really excited to put this out there and just give people a place to start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so much needed ministry. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story and what you do. What a beautiful ministry. So God bless you. you. I'll I'll see you uh, Friday at the All Saints Day party. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. What are your kids going to be? We don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know either. We haven't gotten that far. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I made uh, Zelly a princess dress because she wants to be a princess. So I'm like, I think we're going to stretch that out and make her St. Elizabeth of Hungary. <laughs> she was the queen. Mm-hmm. And then my son wants to be Marshall, the fire dog from Paw Patrol. So I was like, maybe St. Florian, patron saint of firefighters. <laughs> There you go. You know, two birds with one stone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, God bless you, and I'll talk to you very soon. All right. Thank you, Stacey. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I hope that this episode was a boost for you and I hope that you are able to go through the rest of your day surviving and thriving despite all the stress in the world. This episode is probably going to be released on election day, so I'm looking forward to election season being over. I don't know about you guys, but I want to thank you so much for coming on over. I, once again, you can go to hallow.com slash Stacy Summerow for your free premium 30 day trial or visit stacysummerow.com slash shop to check out all the beautiful items in my shop. I'd love it if you would leave an Apple podcast rating and review that would make my day. God bless you. And I'll see you next time on called and caffeinated.